Hey Buddha Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show, where we invite e-commerce entrepreneurs, marketers, and agencies to talk about e-commerce, the best strategies and tactics, and what to implement in your own e-com store. Before we jump into this episode, I ask you to subscribe to this podcast, and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, here is Daniel Abudai with a brand new episode of the Ecom Show and today I'm here with Skip Stone and he's the founder of Stash, Stash Logics and this is a Colorado-based company and their uh, primary focus is on, uh, it's on uh, bags, uh, basically all kinds of products that helps you store um, especially those items that you want to hide from some people, especially kids. So uh, that's what we will focus on today. And I know you ha- they have a unique story, how they were born, the company. Um, so how are you today? It's good to have you here. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, I'm doing well. Things are really busy. It's the Q4, fourth quarter of the year. Uh, holidays have been really great for us. So I've been, been busy p- packing and shipping lots of items, uh, a lot of e-commerce marketing and advertising, a whole lot going on. So, but yeah, things are good. Amazing. So tell us more about your origin story. I can see this on the website that the brand was born in uh, 2014 and, uh, you were the first thoughtful, secure, and discreet stash bag. So what's the origin story? Yeah, I think it's rather interesting, kind of a right time, right place uh, situation. We started uh, in 2014, like you said, the year that cannabis was legalized in the state of Colorado. So uh, upon legalization, there is a whole host of products, and some of them appeal to kids. Uh, edibles, particularly, were in the form of gummy bears, chocolates, candies, all sorts of things like that. Um, I personally enjoy cannabis and was concerned that my young kids would get access to some of these things inadvertently. They were very young when I started the company, and uh, I was concerned that a lot of people in the country, or at least in Colorado, would have this issue, but I, uh, I I took a gamble and felt pretty confident about it that the whole world would probably be opening up to these sorts of things, particularly if the United States did. So um, I decided to try and tackle uh, that problem. That was the number one problem was to how to keep kids uh, away from these things that look like candies. And it doesn't necessarily need to be cannabis. Uh, there's a lot of pharmaceutical things that are also presented in the form of, of gummy bears and things like that. So uh, a lot of reasons, but uh, that was the initial uh, launch of the company. I remember when I was a kid and I went to my grandma uh, or great grandma, she had a lot of pills and they all look so, you know, colorful and attractive to take down. And they had to explain all every time that I cannot take those, but it's very hard to resist as a kid. Because, you know, it's colorful and, yeah, all of that. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's yeah, there's easy. a much bigger need. 
there's a much bigger need for pharmaceuticals. Sorry to interrupt. I just do feel like uh, cannabis can't kill you, but it can make you very ill, and very disoriented and dizzy. And, and that could lead to some serious problems. So um, and it does hospitalize people. But pharmaceuticals is a far bigger opportunity and bigger need to uh, challenge to solve. So anyway, yeah, we took that concept and just took a lock built it onto a storage bag, much like you'd see a suitcase that has a built-in lock on it. Um, we took that into a much smaller size and tried to design something that would be user-friendly. People would, would actually use, there are, there are, people could put a padlock on other products and try to make that work, but I felt like if it wasn't really user-friendly, people weren't going to do it. And then that problem was going to be uh, exasperated mm -hmm. and, and become a a big media story which has been the case we're still trying to get the word out there so that's partly why i wanted to get on the podcast today to help share the word about keeping products like this safe mm -hmm. and secure yeah so let's talk about the products more uh, how do they really work so is this something you came up with with the idea how the products work or maybe you saw it somewhere um yeah, let's talk about the products more. Yeah, the, so the product itself looks like a um, like a camera case is probably the best analogy. Uh, it is uh, the product that we're referring to on our website. It's um, which is stashlogix.com. It's s-t-a-s-h-l-o-g-i-x.com. Uh, the Silverton product particularly has a built-in lock on it. That was our first product, and then we've since added a combination lock to a, a number of other more products like uh, wallets and um, clutches, th things like that. So um, anyway, the the concept was that there's going to be a lot of different products that are going to be needed to be stored, organized. Everybody's going to have a different uh, situation. So we tried to make something very customizable, much like you'd find a camera bag. So. Yeah, we did. Uh, I did design that. Uh, I did get it patented. Uh, there are a lot of products out there similar to this. We had a hard time enforcing our patent, um, but that's a different story altogether. But we um, we have been steady at this for quite a while, just trying to make, uh, well, really what the concept was always about keeping kids safe. but cannabis has a lot of other challenges there's lots of pieces and parts it's very smelly it's sticky it's dirty it's it's not for everybody it's really powerful so even in addition to kids you really don't want even your friends or your parents or anybody to accidentally grab the wrong thing and eat it because it's it's just it can be very powerful to some people so yeah so that that's the concept our, our product is like a it's a hard shell it's semi-hard shell uh, just designed to protect glass and other fragile items. But it has, um, the interior is all uh, customizable and adjustable. There, We do a bunch of different things to tackle the odors. Cannabis odors are, are extremely challenging. People say it smells like skunk. Uh, one of the hardest to deal with odors out there. So we incorporated different lot metal liners that would keep the smells trapped inside, we incorporated 
some rubber gaskets that would seal it upon zippering and closed. Uh, we incorporated some activated carbon fiber fabric that would absorb odors. So this mm -hmm. activated carbon fiber is used in all sorts of industries to absorb odors. Um, as a newer development that has now been incorporated into a fabric. And we incorporate that fabric in almost all of our products. Uh, what it does is it uh, activated carbon is really accomplished by taking a wood-like subs substance and heating it to a really high temperature, creating a carbon-like, um, like a charcoal type uh, product. And it creates microscopic pores throughout this uh, wood material. And that the odor compounds will then be travel through these microscopic pores and attach to uh, some charged uh, ions inside this activated mm -hmm. carbon fabric. So a uh, very small surface area will provide an extreme amount of odor absorption. So you can trap all these odor compounds. And then, uh, so that's been a very effective way to, to deal with odors. And that's yeah. become probably our number one uh, selling feature now is really more about the odor control. It's, it's still about the kids and safety, but we've learned that odor is one of the biggest challenges that people want to tackle as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And uh, it's also on your website that humidity matters. So some of your jars, they can measure the humidity inside, right? It's also a feature. Right. So, so we decided we were going to try and create a brand around cannabis storage. Uh, there's, I think it's 66 million people in the United States consume cannabis. In the worldwide, it's um, hundreds of millions of people consume cannabis for all sorts of reasons. Um, and there really were no uh, cannabis storage brands. And so we decided we wanted to be the picks and shovels for the cannabis industry. We wanted to not be involved in touching the plant and growing cannabis. We just wanted to help people who do use it. How do you be responsible? How do you be discreet? How do you break the stigmas that this is such a horrible thing? Currently in the United States, cannabis is uh, viewed or is classified as a Schedule One drug. That is the most dangerous drug that is uh, that can be classified. Uh, it is incorrectly classified that way because it cannot kill you. There is a, a low risk of addiction. There is some addiction to it, but the addiction is uh, not as powerful as alcohol or many other um, drugs and opioids, uh, particularly. So uh, it's in the process of being rescheduled in the United States right now. At least that's what President Joe Biden has said. They're looking at rescheduling health and human services have rescheduled it. So uh, anyway, we just decided we wanted to create a brand. We didn't want to just create one product. We wanted to um, appeal to people that are looking that incorporate cannabis in their lives for a wellness routine. Um, maybe it's to take some stress off of at the end of the day. Maybe it's to get a new mindset onto uh, whatever negative thing you're thinking about and you want to just kind of reset your brain. Cannabis is used to do that a lot. So 
we wanted to help people not feel like they should be viewed as a, something really negative that they're a drug consumer um, we look at this more as a wellness thing and we wanted to help people feel okay with that to, to break the stigma so we've been working on all sorts of products in addition to smell proofing and locking we've found other areas that need innovation that um and like you mentioned the humidity matters is one of our taglines um cannabis is but mostly consumed through the plant as a dried flower it's a dried the dried plant is smoked and either through a vaporizer or through uh, through a pipe and it there's a lot of benefits to curing and preserving and storing cannabis properly. If it's got the proper humidity, it it makes it smoother on your lungs. It makes it last longer, tastes better, feels better, looks better, all sorts of things. Here in Colorado, it's extremely dry climate. So when you, as soon as you buy some cannabis from a store, you touch it, it turns to dust. It's just so dry here, it just breaks apart. So we decided that was something that we wanted to try and tackle. So we started working on how do we deal with this? And we came up with what we call the smart jar. It has a built-in hygrometer on the lid. Uh, we include these humidity packets that will allow uh, the, to control humidity. It'll either add humidity or subtract humidity depending on the environment that you're in. So this jar will now provide the proper humidity, which is 62%. On the top of the lid, you can see that it is at that 62%, give or take a little bit. And eventually that humidity packet will uh, will be used up and it won't be offering the value that it would. So the, the gauge on the lid will show that it's out of range. It's too dry or it's too wet and it's time to get a new one. So it's a really simple process that allows any consumer to to use a, one of these smart jars and take proper care of their cannabis without having to go through some sort of science project to do so. So it's a really useful um, thing that adds a lot of value to the c consumers. Um, so yeah. we've been working on a bunch of different accessories and that, that's become one of our better selling products are those smart jars. Mm -hmm. Hey Budai Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. And now let's jump into the episode. It can be used for so many things. I uh, have here in my home different supplements like creatine or amino acids like powders and you know they or even salt and you know it gets uh, in the in the wet air uh, it gets uh, sticky and uh, you know it just it's not it doesn't even look good anymore it becomes kind of disgusting so um, actually to keep this dry and in a good jar i think that's something uh, important um, yeah people you people do use it for coffee tea sugar mm -hmm. salt things like that as well but yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I can see that you were in Forbes, the Washington Post, Inc. 
New York Times and uh, how could you do this? So was it intentional or it just grabbed their attention or how did this really happen? Well, that's an interesting story uh, entirely. That uh, that was started out as something really negative. We, because cannabis is a Schedule One drug in the United States, it was uh, paraphernalia, which is anything used to consume, conceal, um, and Schedule One drug, is considered paraphernalia and also illegal. So uh, we knew that things were opening up and becoming more legal. Colorado at the time wasn't the only state that was legal. A couple others were, and more were coming online. But in 2016, the U.S. Customs and Border Patrol seized a shipment of ours coming in. And this is probably like our fifth shipment coming in. And they said, this uh, appears to be used for cannabis, therefore it's illegal, and we are going to confiscate it. So... Uh, we were faced with a really challenging situation. We were a young company. We'd been putting our own money into growing the business and getting it off the ground. And uh, having this stuff seized by the government was a extremely challenging situation. We thought we were out of business. We weren't sure what to do. We had to find new manufacturers, find new suppliers, try and figure out how to get stuff imported and how to make stuff in the U.S., and not get in trouble doing so. So um, the first thing we did is we thought, this is this is bullshit. This is, uh, we're trying to keep kids safe. And at the time we weren't making smart jars and other things, we were making products to keep kids safe. And we're like, if, if cannabis can be legal in these states, being able to handle it properly and to keep kids safe is the right thing to do and we felt like we're on the right side of history so we contacted a pr agency and they they got in touch with uh i live in boulder it was the boulder daily camera newspaper and then the denver post in colorado picked it up and then washington post forbes new york times uh fox news all sorts of people picked the story up so they all were running with the story of feds are blocking stash logics from bringing in products that keep kids safe. And uh, it was, you know, a hot button issue at the time. Uh, people, everybody was curious to know what's going on with cannabis. And this was one that we got a lot of attention for. And ultimately, that seizure helped us significantly more than it hurt us. So we did mm -hmm. find new manufacturing. We did find ways to import our products and we were able to get around some of those, but the media attention that we got uh, really helped us survive to get to figuring out how to get the business back on track. So, And we appealed the decision by U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, and they ended up agreeing and gave our, gave our products back. About two years later, we got everything back, and they didn't agree to the point of we agree this is legal to do they just said we are we are going to accept your appeal and send your products back um so we still have an overhang of this potentially being an issue for us um but i think that there's actually been some precedent set by some other people that have had similar issues happen uh there's really a statute in the i guess it's in Col colorado's 
uh, amendment that allowed cannabis to be legalized, which was amended in 63. And in that it says um, that it, that this is allowed as part of our Colorado constitution and the federal laws state that unless otherwise approved and Colorado ran from that federal statute of unless otherwise approved to say we are thereby making it approved. So reports and white papers have been done and they have agreed that uh, really the laws were written such that Colorado and these legal states are allowed to import these things. So there is still a little bit of a gray area of, of who's really making the decision there, but uh, that's kind of where things stand right now. It's it, hopefully the uh, rescheduling will happen and then this will all go away, but there is still some legal overhang. Um, yeah. But I, again, I feel like we're on the right side of history. Yeah, that's a great story. And, uh, I'm glad that uh, the press picked it up, the story, and it got uh, not just uh, you know attention in your city, but also state, or not like you know in the whole country. So yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, what they say is uh, no, uh, no pre, no PR is bad PR. Or, yeah. So I I yeah. agree with that. It was good. It was good PR for us. It Prime helped example. us a lot. We got national attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what other uh, marketing channels do you use uh, to get customers? So I don't know how much you are regulated in terms of uh, paid ads, Facebook, Google, uh, and what other opportunities you have to, you know, promote the products. Um, uh, that's a good point. Uh, because it is cannabis, the, a lot of normal channels to limit and prevent uh, advertising. Uh, we do make a product that keeps kids safe and we are not touching the, the plant itself. So we do have uh, a bit more leeway than most cannabis related companies do. So we are able to navigate that, but it has been mm -hmm. extremely challenging. We do advertise through the normal channels, Facebook, Google, Twitter, Instagram, um, and that has been rather successful, marginally successful. It kind of depends. We tend to get a lot of uh, blocks on things because of what we're doing. So it's it's not easy, a lot of navigation. It's very tricky to advertise in this space. And um, we've been fairly successful at, at getting past these hurdles, but uh, new ones pop up all the time. It's uh, it's definitely not very easy. We have a big newsletter following newsletter list. Uh, so that has been very successful for advertising just because we own that, that those emails. So that channel has been rather successful. Our number one channel is selling through dispensaries that sell cannabis. And we mm -hmm. um, sell these products in physical brick and mortar retail stores. And that and we have, because we were the first um, to market with a product like this, we have a pretty good reputation. So a lot of uh, a, a lot of these companies have picked us up, and uh, so that's that's been our biggest channel. But online marketing is our next biggest channel. Yeah. So actually, this is a brick and mortar company. I mean, it's more more. Uh, you sell more products. Uh, in physical stores than online, right? To these right. retail, 
retailers in the US. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah, we hmm? I think that a lot is because it's the the other standard marketing channels Google and and such are are limiting our exposure, mm -hmm. so it it does make it a little bit harder to advertise. Mm -hmm. So it, we've decided that these other retail channels are a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. What are your plans for next year and after? You will uh, launch new products or new marketing channels. You will develop the current products. What's the focus now? Uh, we ha have a, a lot of new products. There, cannabis has. Lots of different pieces and parts and types of ways to consume cannabis. It can be vaporized. You can smoke it. You can eat it. There's and with that, they all have different challenges. So there's a lot of different things that we'll plan that we are working on developing new products. Um, accessories are a, a big direction that we're going. Um, just offering uh, some new innovative things. We really are trying to not copy anybody on anything we're really trying to innovate with our own new products and trying to do something different that is maybe a little bit more user-friendly and is just a good aesthetic and just makes ultimately we're trying to help break the stigma of cannabis consumers being lazy stoners eating cheetos in their parents basement uh we're trying cannabis consumers are doctors lawyers you know, just like Peter Tosh's song, Legalize It, everybody consumes it. They have for decades. They always will. It's something that our everybody's body has an endocannabinoid system. They have receptors to accept different cannabinoids. These are um, constituents of the cannabis plant. People have been using cannabis for thousands of years, and because of it, our body is adapted to it to to use these um, to benefit from cannabis. So we're trying to help break the stigma because like I said, it's we see it as a wellness thing. So we're really just trying to grow the business, keep um, um, build a brand that is focusing on being responsible and discreet. And uh, going moving into other countries is a big direction. Uh, South America and Europe are, are both um, even Asia is now look as or is looking at legalizing cannabis. Um, it has happened in Uruguay. It was the very first country in the world to legalize cannabis in South America. Then, okay. then you, you know, part then Canada in North America. Then you, parts of the United States. Germany is getting really close. Spain is getting close. Holland, um, Colombia. There's uh, just Thailand has. A, has legalized it for personal growing. And so it, it's really most continents now are looking at changing their cannabis laws. So we're trying to um, stay, in, stay in tune with what's going on and trying to get out there. So far, we're really in the United States, but we'd love to branch out um, beyond the United States at some point. Yeah, that's a lot of opportunities, all of these countries. And uh, I live in Europe and I can see that, you know, every year there are new countries who are, uh, you know, they, they legalize it. Or I know there are different regulations. It's not just, you know, 
legal or illegal, but there are different categories. So it all comes down to that. But I can see this uh, more and more countries, they go into this direction and it really opens up a lot of opportunities for not just companies selling cannabis, but like your company where, as you said, you don't touch the plant, but you sell related products and uh, it helps uh, consumers and their families as well. So that's great. Um, Thanks for sharing your story today. And uh, thanks everyone who listened to this episode. And uh, stay tuned. Every week we come out with a new episode with a uh, e-commerce business founder. And I wish you a great success with, uh, with the store and uh, get more PR campaigns as well. Uh, I mean, even, even positive ones. So yeah, as you said, negative PR is... <laughs> negative PR is still good PR and I totally agree uh, but yeah I think in this industry and what you do PR is very important uh, and and getting well known and getting a good reputation with your products and that you help people uh, there are still many uh, you know limiting beliefs in people's minds so yeah I think uh, it's necessary to tackle with those um, so yeah, thanks again and thanks everyone. I will put the link of uh, stashlogics.co in the in the description of this podcast so everyone can find this. I will add one more link, which is from my company. We collected the top 100 email templates that we ever created for our clients and we made this available for free. I will put that link into the description as well. And uh, thanks again, everyone, and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it. Uh, Have a great day. Happy holidays.